0: So excited you were able to join us today for Ask Brian with Brian and Rana. I just wanted to say I'm so sad that I won't be there for this episode. However, I did want to leave you a note for something beautiful so that you will remember my voice even through all the noise you're about to hear. First of all, I just want to remind people about the Ask Rana Social Club, the AA Social Club. ARSocial.club, spring has officially sprung. I'm actually in New York right now and it's a stunning 68 degrees. I'm seeing cherry blossoms everywhere. I'm using bolognese as as if it were absolutely selling out on every shelf and it's stunning. So please join us for the kiki uh, at ARSocial.club. Please sign up because the drinks are only getting, excuse me, more and more refreshing. And of course, I wanted to tell everyone we do our long, form, I just want to say improv, our long form journalism club in the Carriage House now, which is tray exciting. And uh, listen, if you don't have time to read a book, but you still want to check that literary box, we have only the most exclusive literary minds to join us once a month for a long form article. We've read about all kinds of imposters, all kinds of hooligans, white collar criminals, uh, and Frank Sinatra. So it's been gorgeous. So please uh, meet us on the Patreon for that at patreon.com slash ask Rana. And of course, sign up for the social club at arsocial.club or arsocialclub.com. And please enjoy Ask Brian with Brian and Rana.
1: Okay, now wait a minute. This is going to be Cis Boom Bar fast because we have such an in-demand Hollywood writer with us <laughs> today that this person probably only has time for two questions. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't really know where Brian has got off to. There's some discussion that he booked a job. Do I think he booked a job? I think he's still a little upset that I went to Bavaria without him. We'll get into that too. Well, we won't. Today, I have one of my absolute BFFs, dare I say protege. You know what? It's insulting to call her a protege because she is bringing all of her own advice and expertise to this show. Every time she appears,
2: Scarlett Curtis is with me today. I am your protege, and it could be called protege. It could also be called cult follower number one. Um,
1: no. I, if you were, I will say this, if you were in my, if we were in a cult together, I would put you in charge of operations immediately because I you. know yeah, that you, I, you know how to find fire. the property that we're supposed to be running this cult on. You know how to se- find the villa that we're running our seminars out of.
2: Yeah. I've, um, I have just relocated to LA and, um, already ordered pretty much everything Ronna recommended that I couldn't get in the UK. I have a what Barefoot do, Dreams package. What do package. you have coming? Oh, I have you do have a Barefoot Dreams package on its way.
1: Now, um, you know there's a Barefoot Dreams in store in Malibu. Did
2: you know that? I did. But that, I, they call
1: it their flagship store, but I actually think it's their only store. But you know, you can't be sure about the kind of inventory that they have there.
2: No, I know. I sometimes trust online better. Um, yeah. And I also say I'm in LA and there are rumors about Brian going around. Okay. So that's, there we are. Yeah. Okay.
1: So I'm in Prague, of course, still everyone knows. I was in Bavaria last weekend. Did I feel like I got out by the skin of my teeth? Absolutely. Was I, I sleep awake, not awake, well, not asleep. Was I awake trying to sleep in the middle of the night? I was in a most gorgeous hotel, which you'll love and we'll send you to maybe, maybe not. And in the middle of the night, all I could, I had all of these ideations about the fact that had it been, you know, 80 years ago, 70 yeah. years ago, that I could be asleep in my bed in this place thinking there was nothing to be concerned about in the same way that I was asleep in my bed or laying in my bed that night. And all I could think was, this is exactly how people felt. They were laying in their beds thinking, I'm just laying in my bed, who's gonna, borrow, who's gonna bother me?
2: Yeah. But
1: just that's the anything, sort of thing I get do you up to. find
2: anything about that comforting because this might be horrific to admit, but sometimes Mm -hmm. we went to visit a World War II bomb shelter when I was like 10 years old in school. As you do, sure. Yeah, and they do a whole simulated um, blitz experience for the children, which is absolutely lovely.
1: I hope it's Um, still open.
2: um, You're gonna have to give me a link on that. One of my most comforting how to fall asleep is I imagine I'm in a bomb shelter, very, very cozy, and the Blitz is going on around me. Really? Yeah. Something about that idea <laughs> of being safe in a small, <laughs> locked place. In a little, a little, uh, a little mole hole. Either I'm in a mole hole or I'm yeah. on the tube in the tube when people used to sleep yes, in the subway. Yes, they used to sleep down there together. It just always sounded so cosy, and I like the idea of like chaos. Mm, and you like a horse mattress. But you know that you're safe. Yeah. A bunker. You like a, a bunker. bunker. I want a bunker. All I want is to live in a bunker. When the Kardashians went to visit that bunker, it was my dream. What bunker did they go visit? Um, they were worried about their safety and they went to spend a night in a bunker, but then Kim just fell asleep. Who
1: comes up with this stuff? I don't
2: know. Corey I mean, Gamble. Really, as though somehow,
1: a Corey, do you think he's the genius behind the yeah, show? Yeah, I think he's everything. Do you think? Do you think he has a hand in any of it?
2: I have no idea, and there is no one I want more information about than Corey Gamble. Or
1: do you think? Do you think there's a possibility that he and Chris are sitting at dinner, and he just sort of says, "Kim could go sleep in a bunker and then goes back to his sushi. Obviously, that we're talking about Nobu, Malibu. It's the only place these people yeah. eat. Do you think there's a possibility that she says we need something da 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 and he just sort of mumbles something to her and then it becomes a reality? He's feeding her ideas. Do right. You think it's possible?
2: Yeah, I think it could be because also the ideas are not exactly stellar. But I think maybe he's like a kind of genius mm. idiot savant kind of thing. Yeah, he keeps know if that's it PC simple. To say.
1: Well, you just mean that he keeps it simple. He's sort of on yeah. one wavelength. And if he's yeah. on, if he's on that wavelength,
2: yeah. he's got it all figured out. Yeah, he says, he says things like, I love this T-shirt, but I wish it was tighter. And then she goes, bodywear for Kim. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
1: Well, you're going to have to find out while you're in Los Angeles. I'm all the way in Prague, so I can't figure these things out from here. No. But what I can figure out is what's wrong with people, because that's my talent, Scarlett. Yeah. I, I love saying Scarlett. I wish you were on every
2: week so I could say Scarlett a hundred times a week. I love the way you say my name. Normally it freaks me out when people say my name, but I love your, you saying my name.
1: So you're in Los Angeles. You're working on a big Hollywood show, Fabulous. Yeah. And it's funny because I was very much looking forward to the time we were going to be spending together. And I, I have to say, I was admitting to Scarlett right before we started to record that when I saw her post that she was headed back to Los Angeles- that I was uh, a, a little bit disappointed that she didn't confer
2: with me before taking the job.
1: We had big uh, plans about how we were going to spend our summer together. It, it sounds like truly, it's not going to
2: interfere. My first thought when I got the job was, I can order Baffert Dreams. And my second thought was, what if this affects <laughs> my friendship with Runner? I was it was truly almost embarrassing how quickly it came I'll into never my mind. stand between you and success. I want you to know that. Thank you. But I mean, what is success? Hanging out with you would be the greatest success I don't know. We
1: are talking about doing a show potentially in
2: June or July in London.
1: We're working on it. And so I'm
2: hoping you'll be back by then, but we'll see. I'm also trying to weasel my way into the um, detective train show.
1: Oh, sure. There's no weaseling. I mean, just tell me when you're ready to start a room. We might have to travel on the Orient Express, though, just to, the Belmont Orient Express, you know, just to make sure. What if we did
2: our writer's room only on the Orient Express?
1: Well, you know, the trips aren't long enough. They're only a couple of days, but we might have to do a research trip over the, if nothing else, we could do the Paddington train that goes from uh, London to, you know, wherever it goes, Yorkshire and back, whatever. I think it goes to Bath. I think do you know we what do what I'm the full Orient
2: Express and we expense the whole thing. But you do know what I'm talking yes, about. Yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah. We could start that as a, that could yeah. be a sort of training trip for us. Yeah. Uh, so listen to me. People have written to us. Somebody wrote a poem. I was going to make you read it, but I don't know if we have time for that. I saw that. Somebody named Johnny Panic, 74, wrote a little poem about the invaluable Ask Ron- I'm going to make you read
2: it because you have such a gorgeous little voice. Do you mind? I love it. I could have written this myself. Um oh, maybe this better. is by famous poet Johnny Panic, 74. <laughs> and it's co- titled A Little Poem About the Invaluable Invalu- Invalu- Ask Runner. I love the Brian erasure already. Um, <laughs> in Marblehead Town by the sea, So Blue, there's a podcast that's worth a listen or two. Two, because it's two times a week. There's a Uh, It's called Ask Ronna and it's hosted by one whose advice is as good as the setting sun. Brian, her sidekick, he joins her each time, not this time, Mm. adding his wit and humour to make it sublime. They tackle questions big and small with wisdom and grace. They answer them all from love and money to etiquette. No query is too tricky. No subject too complex. They dish out advice with a touch of class, leaving listeners grateful for the time they amass. So tune in amass, to ask Ronna. That's the know, they need you to say amass. amass. sorry. Yeah, yeah. So tune in to Ask Ronna and hear what they say in Marblehead Town by the sea so gray. Their words will comfort, guide, and inspire, making life's dilemmas a little less dire. Pretty good. It's really good. I'm yeah. very impressed. Johnny Panic 74. I Watch
1: mean, that didn't, that that didn't
2: take no time. No, that took time. Yeah, and I'm worried my accent fucked up some of the rhymes, but no, you said a That's what you had to say. You had to.
1: I amass. mean, that was, yes. We needed that for the rhyme. Class. Um, a mass. Class and a mass. We have to thank Johnny Panic for his poetry. I also forgot to tell people because I said I'm going to say this till the end of time. Follow us on Instagram at Ask Rana, please, and follow Scarlett Curtis, please.
2: I'd also say set notifications on Instagram, Ask Rana.
1: Oh, how do you do that? I don't know what that is.
2: You can click the little bell on someone's page, and it gives you a little notification every time they post. Scarlett. <sighs> I know. I feel astounded and horrified
1: that I didn't know
2: that. Yeah.
1: And I would say it's it's a rare
2: Instagram Can you page. tell how many people
1: have you set as a notification? No, it's annoying. Interesting.
2: Um, it's a rare Instagram page where it's both an update and an archive because I have been known many times to scroll back to past Ronicas for gift ideas. Yes, so of course. it's essentially a website and a daily update. We, all in I
1: do think we think of it as a living archive because I it also is. because that's also where you can find the. Uh, carousels from episodes past. Mm. So if you're not caught up with us, you can just yeah. go listen. You can just go look at the carousel from episodes past.
2: In and one of my favorite what things what is we to look at the carousel about. before I've listened and then think, Ooh, oh, I'm that's fun. A, a little truth. game. Yeah.
1: What is your, what is your preoccupation at the moment? I'm just curious what it is that you are, what's gotten under your skin? You know, people were talking about like the Gwyneth Paltrow pile trial of course the other week is there anything that's under your skin at the moment are you looking forward to the coronation do your parents have any extra special plans for the coronation i'm probably going to be there charles invited me
2: of course of course of course yeah, plus one um, not everybody got a plus one you got yeah you yeah. got the megan invite yeah i don't know i'm not as um i was very intrigued by the gwyneth of it all I think, and what did you what was
1: your, as a person who's been on vacations, Skyla, what do you think happened there?
2: I think she was completely innocent, but I also think no one on a vacation that expensive is innocent, and I think anytime <laughs> anytime you examine your behavior um during a vacation, it's psychotic and could be suable, you know people. Well, live. yes.
1: You, you. Well, it's interesting because she said we we did lose a half a day of skiing. And on the one hand, you think, wow, what a monster. And on the other hand, when you're the person who paid for the vacation, you think we lost a half a day of skiing.
2: Yeah. But also, you know, you're in this place that's all been set up for you and people yes. are serving you and you're so it to suddenly When she say, sent
1: the ski instructor to, do, to talk for her and she thought, let me just keep moving. That's totally, but
2: that's because yeah. vacation that's is the idea. like this weird infantilization of humans. So I think many behaviors on vacation, were they to be examined, would come out not great. But I do not think she skied into this guy. Oh, I don't I think don't. she skied into him at all. And I think yeah. if if I skied into Gwyneth Paltrow, it would be the best story. I would live on that story for my entire life. And I think he lived on that story and then got drunk, and someone said, Why don't you try and make some money from this? I um, also
1: thought there was an interesting moment where it all sort of hinged for me. I can't I can't remember the exact quote, but something to the effect of she said, he effing skied in. You effing skied in to me. Yeah. And the defense made the mistake of even asking her about that. Because in order for her to say, that was a reaction. And obviously yeah. it was her true self. Great. Terrific. I'd probably say the same thing if it happened to me. Anyone would. Yeah. Or a lot of people would. Let's put it that way. But everybody wants to, is obsessed with the idea that she is somehow who she says, she who that any of us are who we say we are. Yeah. Whatever that is. Like somehow you get in a car accident and you're supposed to still be totally composed and... That's, oh, but I know Scarlett. She's the sweetest person you've ever met. She would never curse if somebody Mm -hmm. drove into her. I mean, she's Mm -hmm. a person. Yeah. But, and I'm not, you know, of course, it sounds like I'm mounting a great defense, but I'm really just examining what I saw here at this trial. Two things about it, actually. One is, I do not think she would have gone through any of this. I do think if she had run into the guy, she would have said, could somebody write this guy a check for $150,000 so I never have to have this conversation again.
2: That and was that, my I'm, main thought was like, I'm this certain is she so... has
1: settled all kinds of things in her life. I don't think she has any interest in being out there doing this, as her attitude said. But if he was going to push her to the limit, then she was going to say, fine, I'll spend the money I would have written on that check I'm never writing you a check because this isn't what happened. Yeah. But in that moment where they say to her, is it true that you said this? Where they're trying to sort of paint her as, you know, an irrational, a, a hothead or something. The answer is she never would have said it if he hadn't run into her. So what are you bringing it up for? Because yeah. now what you've done is you've proven that he ran into her. You haven't proven that. Did you prove that she's got a bad temper? Maybe. But what you really proved is he ran into her.
2: Yeah, I completely agree. You and understand I think what I'm saying there, the logic on that? The thing that fascinated me is her doing it because there is nothing in the world she would have wanted less than to do this. And so the anger that she must have had at home, and I'm also really embracing, I think I we're seeing a return of the kind of angry, slightly grumpy woman and... I'm yeah. very obsessed with it. It's reminiscent of Julia Roberts in the 90s. It's that sort of edge without slipping into mean or, you know, bad behavior, but but backbone and spine. And it's not also just saying being I don't belong, I don't belong to you. Yeah. Yes, and I've got thoughts and and I'm not always nice. You know, my, one of my I think for me, I felt for a long time that people would only like me if I was very, very nice. And Mm. one of my favorite things is embracing my slightly not nice side. Yeah. And I think often as women, we're like really encouraged not to do that. And I think sometimes it is really fun to be a little bit bitchy and a little bit mean.
1: I agree. I mean, personally, I'm, you know sweetest pie to every person i meet so i don't really know
2: uh, you know i can relate to what you're saying
1: but i can't you
2: know i can't but it's a that's what i think Gwyneth does <laughs> so well it's just a very doing. fine line it's not about it's you have to be very clever with it it's a very subtle edge it's not just being rude it's it's picking your moments and that's what i admired about her
1: well, and that it has to be meaningful. I mean, actually, you've described it as being grumpy. And I know exactly what you mean, but in a way, let's remove the word grumpy because grumpy. I don't think it's
2: grumpy at all. Grumpy implies
1: a mood. It's and what not she's mood. saying is, not so fast. Yeah. I have an opinion about this and I'm not going to be nice because this guy thought he had her in a position, he had her over a barrel. And in a way, totally. he did. And she
2: decided, I don't give a shit. I'm, gonna, I'm going all the way on this. It's knowing your worth and knowing when someone has wronged you and being able to stand up for that instead of just backing down. And I admired that. Yeah. It was Personally. fun. It was fun. Uh, I'm uh, also watching Love is Blind. Are you a Love is Blind watcher? No, I have watched the first two seasons. What season are they on now? A season one billion, who cares? Um, is it any good? It's so addictive. It's just so addictive. It is such a insane and perfect process and the delusion of these people and the, the amount to which they want to get married. And I do think compared to a lot of reality shows, they are vaguely normal as much as anyone can be normal and they're the opposite of normal but they keep their real jobs. You know, they're not trying to be stars, but it's, I just, I Well, can't they are away.
1: trying to be stars. I think
2: it is, it's deep. I always think about what was the girl's
1: name on the second season? She was dating that Bozo. He was from Chicago or something. He was drunk all the time. And then it didn't work out at the very end. And she, and then her family came and they seemed so nice, but you could tell she was just, Painfully, painfully lonely, and so the they only are. two things that could drive you into this process—well, they have to be in order to advance. They have to be painfully lonely, or painfully desperate and misguided in a misguided sense about being uh, about being famous, because it's the only way that that kind of false intimacy or whatever you want to call it or forced intimacy can advance.
2: Is See, because I would disagree. You need I watch so badly. A, I watch a lot of these dating shows and I think lots of them are painfully lonely and desperate to be famous. This one, I think they are painfully lonely and desperate to be married. And that's what I find so fascinating because there is a desperation for this thing of marriage. Yeah. That in both the men and the women, Or a pa-
1: or the, the the constancy of a partner.
2: Yeah. And the concept yeah. of marriage, and the concept of um, a lot of them, it's like, I don't live anywhere in my family. All my friends suck. I need one person who is going to become my entire life. And well,
1: my family is so focused on this yes thing about on the that, that I need. My family is so stable. My parents have been married for fifty years. I have not gotten to this moment yet I need to get there as fast as I can it's the only thing I can think about I'm obsessed
2: and it is marriage it's not fame because they don't really become famous afterwards and they are quite normal you're right and it's it's the
1: they want the commitment
2: and as they want to
1: belong to someone
2: totally and as someone who very much is not that interested in marriage at all yeah um it I just find it fascinating and it's such an insight into the darkest aspects of marriage. And the men yeah. are fascinating too because you'd think it would, in a stereotypical version, you'd think it would just be the women that were desperate for it. But the men are desperate for this perfect wife and life and Yes, but then the and, men typically, as soon as they get the
1: person, they think, oh, maybe I could have done a little better. Totally. As soon as they
2: get somebody, they think I could have done a
1: little better. But I, I get it, you know. I, I don't was, think um, you'll talk me into watching this season. This no, night, but I, just I was... Don't.
2: I was very mentally ill for a long time and there was definitely a feeling in a lot of the people around me that I would be and still is that I'm I won't be better until I have a partner. And I think that is such a thing in our society where it's like if there's someone we worry about the the relief of when they find a partner no matter who that person is no matter how they treat them. Yeah. is ingrained in us you know we're like I think it has
1: to do with stability for for a lot of people for the people that care for you I mean look there's a million different things that motivate people to want that for other people but part of it is that they want to know that what for a parent they want to know that there's someone out there that also loves you and wants to take care of you because they won't be around forever but there's absolutely a societal pressure for sure. for pe- I mean, look, there are people that want people to be married and they're in horrible marriages. And then they're That's mad the at thing. the people just who are together think... for 20 years but aren't married. And they think, why don't they just get married? And you think, what do you care?
2: I don't think it's the answer. Uh, you know, as love is blind, my proof.
0: I take it every morning, da-da-da-da-da, it's become my ritual, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba, my hair's never looked better, da 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 da, da. I am in control, okay, I, the last part I did, I kind of blew, I'll be honest with you, listen, neutrophil, okay, I take it every day, I've even recommended this to like friends, family, everything, I've talked to it about it with my dermatologist even, 80 million men and women of the U.S. experience thinning hair, yet it's still not openly talked about, which can make going through it very scary and also stressful. And by the way, stress just adds to the problem of hair loss or hair thinning. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement clinically shown to improve your hair growth, thickness, and visible scalp coverage for men and women. Did you know there are multiple causes of thinning hair? Well, Nutrafol is the hair growth supplement that goes beyond genetics to target, as I mentioned before, stress, hormones, nutrition, metabolism, aging, and lifestyle factors that may be impacting your hair. Thinning is different for men and women, and Nutrafol knows this. So they have multiple unique formulas for men and women to provide exactly what they need based on their biology and age. Biologie is how I usually say it. Every formula is physician formulated using natural medical grade ingredients for reliable results without compromises in clinical studies. Ready for math? 72% of men saw more scalp coverage and 86% of women saw improved hair growth after six months. NutraFall is also trusted and recommended by more than 3000 top doctors. You can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show by going to Nutrafol.com and entering the promo code Brian to save $15 off your first month's subscription. Did you hear that promo code, guys? Brian, B-R-Y-A-N. This is their best offer anywhere, and it's only available to you as customers for a limited time. Plus, free shipping on every single order. Get $15 off at Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code Brian. Or, if you work, at a you know, an attendance desk at an airline, you would say Nancy, Ursula, trains, uh, Romulus, Alpha, Forever. Oh, Henry, Lloyd Bridges, dot com, promo code Brian.
1: Okay. Listen to me, dear. We have to get into people's problems because you're going to have to go in a minute. You've got a big Hollywood job. And so we're mm-hmm. going to get into a couple of questions here. I will, of course, Scarlett, I just realized because you're in Los Angeles, we could send you the AI Social Club this month if we want I'm, to. I'm signing up. I'm
2: signing up as soon as I have right. an address. No, are
1: you kidding? Mimi's going to send it to me. No. I'll just get your address and she'll send it to you and it's going to be fabulous. And mm. you can tell all your adorable little followers about it kind of one of the, another of the reasons I, um, I moved to. That you're in, you took the job so yeah. you could be, but I will yeah. say this, me, me, if we can still get the April box out to Scarlett, it's so gorgeous because anyone that signs up now is actually signing up for May, but April is so gorgeous and it's such a beautiful drink and it's such a beautiful box. And I think Scarlett, I don't know what's going on because you're blonde right
2: now. But I'm I don't know whether you're thinking
1: half. about going a color or you're sticking with blonde for now.
2: No, I you miss You're very shades
1: of vanilla. You look like you could be my granddaughter
2: right now. I do. I miss being blonde.
1: And I miss being caramel. a color. Sorry. Well, I'm going to give people a hint and say Scarlett might want a diarrhea lavender oh. for the cocktail this month. <sighs> it's very but, I like for, you, but I love well. your golden Swedish blonde a little bit too much to, to even ask that of you. I think you should stay right where you are.
2: Yeah, we'll see. Lavender doesn't last long, so I could literally do it as a one-off. No, it's a, yes, but then it
1: takes so much time to get back to a good blonde after you put that yeah. color in your hair. We I,
2: both know that. I want to pitch a tiny thing for the ASO club, even though I'm not part of it yet. Okay. Um, I think there should be a way to collect the recipe cards and form a little treasure trove.
1: You mean a box that the recipe yeah. cards go in? Well, between you and me, there's a reason that the recipe cards are a standard size. And the answer is so that you do collect them like recipe cards. Yeah. But the other answer is that there may be something like that in the works. So watch this space. Okay. I'm going to read the first question. You can read the second question. we get right into this. Dearest Rana and Brian, who's not here today. So scholars. First off, I cannot thank you both enough. I have the utmost up. Oh dear, we have to move on. I have the utmost respect and adoration for you too. utmost dear, utmost. Yeah, you've brought me so many smiles, laugh cramps, and tears. I've been a long-time listener/slash watcher of Brian since Funny or Die beginnings, and got attached to Ronna ever since she made appearance on T.S. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Okay. I'll get this. I'll set the scene. I'm a 31 year old gal from and in Nova Scotia. Do you know where that is, Scala? No clue. Canada. Okay. Northern. It's just north of Maine, basically. Okay. So right on the edge of cold. the Atlantic Ocean. Oh, yes, exactly. Sounds cold. You could probably look from Nova Scotia out and see England, it's that sort of situation. It nice. may, if if Pangea, uh, Pangea came back together, Pangea, yeah. then England and Nova Scotia would be connected. And also more importantly, the people of Nova Scotia are pretty much the same people that come off the western coast of England or Sc- Scotland Island like Interesting. that. Interesting, maybe
2: I should consider a trip. No, I've
1: but yeah, it's super close to England. But it is beautiful. I'm a social worker, second year of working as one since uni and the youngest of a dysfunctional family. During my last internship, I started getting serious about bettering myself, healing trauma and working on being socioeconomically stable. I stopped drinking alcohol, stopped smoking ciggies and started setting boundaries in friendships and in general. Here comes my issue. I'm a 31 year old with less than a handful of friends who all live far away. I lost so many friends abruptly in August, 2021 after setting boundaries with people in my circle of friends, which led to being called delusional and being shunned since. That's a breezy sentence for something that sounds like sort of a big event. Put a little pin in that. Note that this circle was very, quote, chosen family vibes. We all at one point worked with each other or met through mutuals. My goodness, the language on this person. Boundary example. At 29, I told the one... I told the one of the girls of the friend circle, one of the girls of the friend. You yeah. took as much care with your delivery as you did with editing this letter, dear. I have questions. Let's call her Suzanne, spelled in a way which, by the way, means it's absolutely her name yeah. based on the way it's spelled. Who was at one point higher up and three years older than me at work? That I okay. So I told at one the point, one she
2: was three years older than her.
1: She was always three years older, but she was higher up. Than yeah. Her at work. Yeah. This was written after somebody went down the bottom of a bottle. I think, but or took a pill. Boundary yeah. example. At twenty nine, I told one of the girls of the friend circle, let's call her Suzanne, who was at one point higher up and three years older than me at work, that I had felt she put me down in front of our friend when I had a, when I had good news or success. Our values and views, but social issues were also very different. Example gave an unhoused man a $5 bill and demanded he say she changed his life, then mocked him. Okay. Mm-hmm. Suzanne doesn't sound choice. I said to our other circle friends. Okay. I don't know if I can read this. It's such a mass circle of friends that these situations were becoming impossible for me to get over. And that I had to set a limit. Finally, the last straw was Suzanne Ended up cheating on her boyfriend, 34, for three months with someone at her work, 26. This was my limit. Not sure what it had to do with you. And I told her I was sorry, but that I needed to end our friendship. Cue two years of disconnection from our mutual friends in the city after Suzanne got very angry at me and called me, quote, delusional for setting a boundary. My closest friend, we'll call Corey, who Suzanne was also very close with, ghosted me shortly after I disconnected with Suzanne. The others from the group also stopped inviting me to their social outings in the city. Hence, me not needing a reason to drink since that time. So they chose Suzanne for something, for some reason. Yeah. The whole group did. Fast forward to today. A friend of mine, Laura, 26, is moving to Ontario. Laura and Corey recently bumped to each, into each other downtown and told me he asked how I was. Okay, honestly, whoever this person is that signed Masha, I need you to get yourself together, dear. This is a very, very disorganized mind that has written this letter. Yeah. And I don't appreciate the fact that you didn't go back over it to see if it read like it made any sense. The bigger issue is if you did reread it and you did think it made sense, Uh, You've got other things you need to address, in my opinion. Laura and Corey recently bumped into each other downtown, and I believe this is me adding it, that Laura told me he asked how I was doing and said he was happy I was, quote, slaying. He's breaking up with his boyfriend, who also disliked me because Corey would confide in me more than him and didn't like that. Corey, 29, also moving out of the city to his hometown to become a nurse. How about Corey, 29, is also moving out of the city to to his hometown to become a nurse? To be honest with you, I'm mad at me, now because this is an an illegible letter. My question is, I miss that friendship so much. He was like my brother as a bi gal having lost my gay partner in crime As a bi gal, having lost my gay partner in crime makes me so sad, but he ghosted me. So do I reach out and try to renew our connection? We both have dysfunctional families, so our 20s were filled with toxic self-soothing while becoming each other's chosen family. We've had two, quote, arguments in the past where I ended up apologizing for being a wet blanket. Two years apart had me realizing that I needed to grow up or evolve into a better version of myself rather than be in a people-pleasing cycle? Okay, we were talking about this before. Should I just let my 20s friendship go? Is it just a part of turning 30 to lose all your friends after shifting lifestyles? Well, not necessarily, because is everybody shifting their lifestyle, mm-hmm. do you? Does evolving into a better version of myself come at the price of becoming less surrounded? Being 31 is so wild. Tell me everything. So much love to both of you. Beezus, Beezus from the Maritimes. Exo, Masha. Wow. That's a lot. I think our ultimate question is, do I reach out to Corey and reignite this friendship or not?
2: Yeah, and how do I manage these friendships? Mm. Um, I have some thoughts, but do you want to go oh, first? I'd love
1: to. No, I'd, I'm, I'm going to have to take a nap after having to navigate that letter through the Maritime Islands.
2: I think the key to this very messy letter comes early on in when she says she's the youngest of a dysfunctional family um, and she's healing trauma and working on being more socio-economically stable. Because I think there's a point, healing trauma and healing any kind of mental health issue is... A process. And I think there's a point early on in the process where you kind of think you've nailed it and you have all of these tidbits of advice and all of this confidence about the, the new you, you know, the not drinking you, the no cigarettes you, the setting boundaries you. And yes. I think this word setting boundaries can really often be, mista- be mistaken for something it isn't. For me, Boundaries is very much an internal thing and it's about how much you let these people affect you and how mm. much you rely on them. And I think often people think setting boundaries is about being very vocal, being quite mean and cutting off people and friendships. And that's actually not really what it's about. And, I, and it's also externalizing the problem in yeah. a way.
1: You're saying, oh, I see, I have to change, and you are the thing I need to get rid of. And the answer is, you have to change. You have to change, or you have to accept. Yes, or you have to accept, or you have to take responsibility, but it's really about, I think you you say it, just right on the money, which is, it is about how you change internally and how you, uh, you know, police that, so to speak. But it is not, and you and you may not want to drink anymore, and you may. But everything doesn't have to be a breakup.
2: Yeah, that's nothing. It's the breakup part. I think with friendships, nothing really has to be a breakup, and I really do believe that because there's definitely such a thing as trauma bonding and trauma friendships, and I made a lot of those in my early twenties, and spent a long time realizing that some of them were much more unhealthy than others. And some of them, I was doing all the emotional labor and they weren't. And there was definitely a point where I was like, I need to write to this person and tell them that I don't feel supported and I need to cut this friendship off and I need to confront this person. And actually the answer is, deal with it yourself and think to yourself, okay, I'm gonna stop. If this person isn't showing up for me, I'm going to stop showing up for them in quite the same way. It doesn't need to be a confrontation. It doesn't need to be an argument. It just needs to be me prioritizing my time. You know, instead of thinking, I, you know, I went through a long thing of like, none of my friends are ever there for me when I'm in a dark place. And then my mom said, do you ever tell any of them that you're in a dark place? And it was like, no. So how are they meant to know? And I just, boundaries I think is, all about you and all about how you think of these friendships, the place they sit in your heart, the place they sit in your brain. And it's not, I actually think it's quite unhealthy to air this all out and criticize people and have these fights because really you should be dealing with it yourself.
1: Yes. Well, actually what you're doing sometimes when you do that, is you think you are setting a boundary, but what you're really doing is violating the other person's boundary. Mm. Because what you're doing is vomiting your internal monologue and your new reordered system and everything else all over this other person, and it's got almost nothing to do with them. Yeah. And what you're doing is you're trying to make yourself feel better. And- you think that that's healthy behavior because you're not going to put up with this, or you're not going to put up with that. But why don't you think for just a minute how you spewing that kind of dialogue or poison or whatever it is onto another person
2: affects them? Yeah, and the maybe the better option would have just been to step away. You know, not if there's events you know are going to be toxic, decline when you first get asked. If there's boundaries you want to set for yourself. You know, I don't drink much. Most of my friends drink. England is a very heavy drinking culture. And I just, my friends know that about me. We go out, they don't judge me. I would never say to them, we're going out, but you can't drink. It's just... That it's my own boundary. They don't need to be a part of that. They don't need it projected onto them. Yes. And
1: I think to this point there is also the red flag where this person says, Well, and then at work that person had an affair with that person. That was the last yeah, straw. That's just judging. And the and the well and that's okay, fine. So you're not interested in people that are unfaithful. Maybe that's a trigger for you. This was something that happened in your home, blah 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 blah. It doesn't matter. It's none of your business, and it doesn't mean that that person is a whole is a terrible person, and this is the reason why you don't speak. Did they cheat on you? Did they they cheated on? Some, and I'm not saying oh, cheat is a fine. Da da da. I'm just saying you are overdrawing these boundaries. You're overcorrecting them. You're judging other people's behavior when
2: what you could simply say is, "Yeah, I don't really need to hang out with that person anymore." And chosen family not is my tricky. type. Chosen family is a word I struggle with because I understand that it means a lot to a lot of people. And, you know, I have a lot of people in my life that people might consider chosen family. But the truth is they're not my family Mm. and they're not my partner. And they have no responsibility to raise me or financially support me or be there for me or be faithful to me. You know, friends is a different thing from family. And that's what makes it so great. But it's also when you start conflating these boundaries and having the same expectations for your friends that you would for your family, I think you can get into really tricky territory because friends is about choice. And it's like we found each other and it's fun and it, we don't judge each other and, you know, we don't try and change each other necessarily. It's, it's friends.
1: Yes, though, of course you can have friendships where somebody grows a certain way or starts behaving a certain way. And you, for instance, I mean, this story about the unhoused person sounds like oh, there's yeah. more to it. But, but just put uh, away, sound, I don't But that just sounds need... like a horrible person. But you don't have to say, you know. Yeah. When you did that thing, you just have to say, you just have to be less and less available to that totally. person. Totally. And people change and relationships change. And as for Corey, look. If you miss Corey and you want to give him, uh, you know, a little extra, um, you know, you want to give it another shot and have a drink with him or have a meal with him and check in with him and see where he's at and see where you are at, then that's great. But yeah. if you don't and get I a good would... feeling off of the drink, I mean, if you really have made some progress in the
2: last couple of years, then why not reach out to Corey? But,
1: you know. It may work I would out, it advocate may not.
2: for a call over a text. I recently rekindled yes. a friendship that had, Agree. you know, we kind of had a fight and it was very painful. And it had been about three years and it just got to the point where I missed him more than I felt about our fight. I just missed him so much. And, and I, you know, had spent so long trying to compose an email or a text. And then one day I just picked up the phone and called him and we talked for two hours. And it was just like it used to be so I wouldn't overthink the rekindling
1: and also that enough time had passed that you and he may have both felt the same way about missing each other and that inherent in that lack of discussion or whatever you want to say you know what picking up where you left off or just before you left off sort of thing was a little responsibility taking on both sides
2: totally and we both acknowledge that yeah and it's nice. um, neither of us will, I think, apologize to each other in a full way because we both have different versions of events. But we can just and because take, you're English, um, but we can just take responsibility and have those things. And, you know, the reason our friendship disintegrated in many ways was because I didn't have enough boundaries and I was too, you know, open. And, and but that's me. It's not about him you know but the essence of what you missed about each other
1: was still there and you're seeing if you can make it work again yeah you're different people than you were to even if there are if there even if there's plenty about you that is still at its essence there you're different people
2: yeah and I think evolving into a better version of yourself does not necessarily come at the price of being less surrounded and that would make me sad. You know, I think no, then you're evolving not, in, no. you're evolving into a strict version of yourself, maybe not a better version.
1: Yes. I am always wary of people redefining in a very uh, you know, with a sort of black marker who they are and what they'll take. Yeah, and me too. because to me that means as you sort of pointed out at the very beginning of this conversation it means that your internal rudder or compass is a little bit shaky yeah because if you were really comfortable which takes time as you pointed out so beautifully at the beginning if you're really comfortable a lot of that stuff doesn't bother you as much anymore you sort of have accepted who you were how you got to that place that were not perfect and that you know we don't always do things perfectly and You know, that there's a little margin for error and a lot of room for growth.
2: Totally.
0: I have to tell you what I am luxuriating in right now, okay? I have on the most comfortable, well-cut hoodie, Navy, with the truly most comfortable lounge I'm in like a full luxurious airport outfit, basically, except I could wear it anywhere. And I got to tell you, I never in a million years thought anything could be cut this well and be this soft and be this chic. I am talking about quince, okay? I am one of those people who does not like spending a lot of money on, or, you know, like below my bank account on like a sweatshirt. And I know that's like a trend now that that uh, you know, athleisure wear or lounge wear is like incredibly expensive. I have to tell you, Quince creates timeless, classic styles that don't go out of fashion. That are so much. I don't understand how they're charging this little for them, to be honest with you, because you could keep these in your closet forever. I got a hoodie, I got some sweatpants, and I got a pair of regular pants, just some great trousers. Easy peasy. I literally think if I had not gone through Quince, these probably would have caused, I bet the sweatshirt would have been like $200 or somewhere in there, $150 maybe, something like that. It was a fraction of what I, th- I think it was like $40. The quality is unbelievable. The timelessness is unbelievable. I have no idea how they do it except then they told me Quince partners directly with top factories to cut the cost of the middleman and pass the savings on to you. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices, and premium eco-friendly fabrics. You say eco or eco. I say eco. Tomato, tomato. And premium eco-friendly fabrics and finishes so I can feel good about getting high-quality items that last a long time and are literally a fraction of the price of what you would expect to pay. So shop with Quince today. I'm serious. I'm like a fan. This is my new ride or die. Shop with Quince today and discover the affordable luxury you deserve. So right now, go to quince.com slash Rana okay, to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Unbelievable. That's quince.com slash Rana for free shipping, 365-day returns. Quince.com slash Rana. I mean, this is going to be my entire new wardrobe. I'm not even kidding.
1: Okay, let's do one more, and then okay. I have to let you go because you have too much to do. But I need you to understand, Scarlett, that we're going to have to award something at the end of this. Oh, <gasps> yes. So just keep that in mind. Now, do you want to read the second one, or would you prefer I
2: read it? Um, I can read it.
1: Okay, wonderful.
2: Dear Ron Brian, an illustrious guest, if applicable. It's you. Yes. Yeah. It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. I'm a European woman living in China. Are you going to see Taylor Swift? Do you think? Oh my God, it's all I think about, all I dream about. Do you have about. tickets? I don't yet, but I'm, I'm gonna, I believe. I'm trying
1: but- desperately to take my nanny in Europe to see Beyonce. I yes. want to take her to a Beyonce concert but I'm here, but then I'm stuck in the trouble of what am I going to do with Steve because someone has to watch Steve, so I might have to fly my other nanny in just to take this nanny, but then I'm not taking both the nannies, so now what?
2: Anyway, it's really my, tricky. That's my
1: letter to Diaska to ask Scarlett. Steve can't come with the big headphones on. It's too late for. I mean, well, you know. Yeah. yeah. She's not Apple Martin. You know. No. It's not her mother or father that's up there.
2: No, I I will be at a Taylor Swift show. I'm not sure where. Or not Are you gonna sure take Steve? You're gonna take Steve to Glastonbury. <laughs> yeah. Me and
1: her, I can't handle Glastonbury, so. No, it's too much. It's too too much. Actually, that's something Steve has started to say now. She says, too much. Oh, my God. She was waiting in line. She was waiting in line to drive a tractor at the, uh, like a little toy tractor at the technical museum the other day. She got tired of waiting. She said, too much. It's too much. Isn't that funny? So sweet. Okay, you read this one, dear.
2: I'm a European woman living in China for nine years. I discovered your podcast last year when I was locked up, like really not being allowed to take out the trash locked up Mm. in my house during the most strict lockdown in the world. It was a true blessing to find your podcast during that period. I immediately became a proud sauna privilege member who doesn't want to see the two most classy and sexy people on video and watched you every day. You honestly made all the difference living through those insane months. I agree. I had a very similar process. Now, my question. I love how she's laid this out. She's Should following I... Naomi style? Yeah, she is. Should I cancel my date with a 20-year-old boy whose name I don't even know? Background. Oh, Before... Yeah, we're going to need a little. Before coming to China, <laughs> I had been through some horrible years of first escaping an abusive relationship and okay. right after that, battling cancer. Okay. So sorry. Horrible. After I'm so surviving, sorry, but I'm glad you are here to speak about it. Yeah. Both. I wanted to make a complete new start somewhere far away from everything. China turned out to be the perfect place. I found a mm. dream job, a wonderful house, and great friends. I love my life here. I'm happy, healthy, and free. The only remaining damage from my past is that I'm incapable of having a romantic relationship Terrible commitment, fear since the abuse, and having children due to the cancer. But Mm. after nine years of a happy life, I've made peace with both. The question. Yesterday, I went for a massage, which I do very often, but this time I knew something was different from the first moments the masseur touched me. It It felt sensual and my body loved it. Funny enough, we were constantly chatting casually even though I could feel my whole body burning with desire.
0: He wow. suggested
2: to change it to a 2-hour massage, which I thought was a great idea, of course. We talked about our lives, family, and work, joked and laughed while also getting more and more excited. Oh, he's <laughs> a professional gigolo.
1: Oh my god, I'm obsessed with this. Well, this is what a jiggle this is what a good gigolo does as engages you in
2: conversation. He very gently I mean this that's real intimacy began to touch me in more intimate places wow. constantly checking if I was okay with it Okay I should probably stop here but as you will understand things got a little out of hand or a lot hmm. from both sides or in hand from both On hand, sides I think I think very much in, in hand. hand Yeah Let me just say it was the absolute best I have ever experienced. Wow. After we exchanged phone numbers, even though I still had not even seen his face because it was pitch dark in the room. (gasps) Luckily, when I went to pay for the massage, he came to the desk and it turned out he was very handsome, very attractive body, although I'd already felt that. Handsome face and beautiful eyes, but also very young. I'm in my late 40s and I guess he is in his early twenties. Wow. I mean, this is, I want to read this book. After I left, he immediately (laughs) texted me if he could see me the next day. I answered that I would like to see him in one week. I thought it would be better to give us both a week to change our minds. One week? What were you waiting for? I know. So this is a woman with good boundaries. I suppose. Too good. He's, He's been texting cute messages since, but I'm keeping it short as possible. This doesn't make any sense, does it? In the last nine years, I've had two short failed relationships and one friends with benefits relationship. But I've never had random sex. Since I'm not looking for a relationship, I've never been on a dating app in my life. I'm not sure why I would see him again, since this is doomed before it even started. Except that it felt so good. It was so strangely natural and relaxed and exhilarating and intoxicating at the same time. What should I do? Should I cut it off before things get awkward slash disastrous? Or should I just go for it and see how long it lasts? Ronald always says that only the most desperate people who have no one to turn to write to your podcast. Mm. She is right. Love you both so much. You're truly the best. Hugs from China. Please don't use my name. Follow up. I just realized I can share his picture since it will be for your eyes only anyway. In China, everyone uses WeChat where you usually use a profile picture, but not your real name. Mm. Okay, so we're seeing the picture and he's very cute.
1: This is his picture from WeChat. That's yeah. That's what this is?
2: Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: I'll be honest. I don't know how old he is based on this picture. I think he could be late 20s. I think so as well. He doesn't look like a think, baby. No. I I, understand, I see that he's sort of slight, Uh and I and he is young looking, but the look on the face that I'm looking at, this guy could be 27 or 28. Yeah, he's got he's got a little line in his forehead. I mean, look, is he 20 years younger than her? Is he 30 years younger than her? Does it matter in any way, shape, or form, Scarlett? What do you have to say about this? Because I know what I have to say.
2: No, I think you are. You've had a really, really traumatic few years, and it sounds like you have done amazingly, at building a safe, beautiful life for yourself. And I really relate to the fear of adding something in, catastrophizing things before they've happened. But this sounds like the most organic, sexy, amazing meet-cute. There is nothing you can lose by it going wrong. I think, actually, young men, I have three younger brothers, In young men are changing and young men can be far more mature and open than older men, I think, in the current world that we're in. And I think you just have to go for it. There's this thing with anxiety, which um, I've really been thinking about recently, which is it's a fear that you're a fear that things are going to be worse than they are and a fear that you're not going to be able to handle it. And I think this is not going to be as bad as you think it is. It Mm. could be great. And even if it is bad, you sound really mature and really great. And I think you can handle it. And you might get another great sex story out of it.
1: Yes, I think we have to reframe the whole situation, to be honest. Because I don't understand these questions about this isn't a relationship, okay? That's not what this opportunity is. No. This is an opportunity that came your way, which is something to remind you that you're alive, okay? Yes. That's what this is. You said you know you're not going to have a family. You haven't had a relationship because you've been in abusive relationships in the past and that you that you have been understandably, uh, you know, reticent about doing such a thing or hesitant. And that's all fine. And you have your life ordered and you love your life in China. And that's all wonderful. And everything is where it is. And you love your job and you have your apartment and da, 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 da. And as Scarlett so uh, beautifully said, you're already catastrophizing where this could go. Of course, because obviously control is important to you because that is how you beat cancer and that is how you keep yourself out of putting yourself putting yourself in dangerous situations and that there's a part of yourself where you don't trust yourself or trust your uh, compass or your yeah. barometer for people. And that's why probably you have not been able to be in a long-term relationship just yet. Look, there's a lot of life left in you. I understand that you're in your last four, in your late 40s, but you're not dead, okay? And that is really the point. But let's also not forget what this is. This isn't someone you met on a dating app who said he wants to take you out and wants to, you know, ba 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 and he's 20 years younger and what do you do? And these are not those questions. You already fooled around with this guy. Yeah. You have a pure physical attraction to this guy, or at least you did in that moment. Okay the lights were low, the massage was happening, this and all of the things. And that is an incredible, beautiful, novel of a moment. And congratulations to you. You had this wonderful uh, event. I mean, you know, not everybody would be willing to go to that place, but congratulations to you. You were. And that was a reminder that your physical body still works and is still... In business, okay? Yeah. But that's what this guy represents at the moment. Okay. You want to tell me that you end up going on 10 dates with this guy and you love having him around and you never thought you'd be in a relationship with someone 20 years younger, but you don't want to have a family anyway, and da da. da, da. Terrific. Congratulations. But stop wondering about what how you're gonna share your life with some guy that yeah. got you off during a massage, okay? Because it also look. I don't want to say that that this is one of the services he offers, but it's not not one of the services he offers. Okay.
2: Yeah, we but I also we think, think really he's interested know. in you because he has been texting her a lot. I think I think he's interested as well, but I don't think it matters
1: on what level he's interested. No, I think this represents an opportunity for you to explore and indulge and enjoy a part of yourself that you thought you shut down a long time ago. And I don't think you have to worry about how he fits into your life and if he's going to meet your friends.
2: You sound like someone who values your mind over your body um, because of trauma to your body and you're clearly a very intelligent, amazing woman. And I, I relate to that a lot. And I think there is something important and powerful for people that value, that see their body almost as a non-entity, you know, have kind of given up a little bit on that, to be reminded of what their body can do and that people can still be attracted to it and that it is, you know, there for a reason other than holding your brain. And I think that might actually be something that could really add to your life. And you could leave this experience feeling better than you went into it, you know? Enjoy
1: the simplicity of this gift without overcomplicating it with all of these constructs of futurizing and relationships and catastrophizing and, you know, you don't have to put him off any longer. It doesn't matter whether you see him tomorrow or two yeah. weeks from now or in an hour or any of these things. This was a physical, I appreciate that you had an intimate conversation and that that felt great. And how wonderful. But this yeah. was an isolated thing that happened. We don't know whether it can survive outside of the fish tank. But you can have sex it again. And it doesn't have to. Yeah. Or this could be some guy that you've, end up having a physical relationship with it for the next few years yeah. and also have a lovely dinner with and everything else, but he doesn't have to be a life partner. No, I, um,
2: I think I also hate the apps. I would use protection. I'll just say that. Yeah. And also I would, yeah. ar- I would ask for his name on the chat. That's all I'd say. Oh yeah. It's, his I name isn't done the WeChat. I, forgot I think about it's that. bugging you that you don't have his name and that's adding, and that's a very simple question. Like It's literally one text, like, God, this is so weird, but I just realized I don't know. I think she
1: was trying to decide whether to make it real or not. And she didn't know whether to move any closer to this being. Just the same. I think I think that's but also don't you know don't be shocked or disappointed or judgmental if this is a man who gives his gift to many women. That may be that may be his gift.
2: But also what a gift because I also hate the apps. But then sometimes you do want a hookup and they don't really just happen naturally. And it did. No, this is someone that you were attracted to. Well, we
1: have to stop saying naturally. He was giving her a massage, and he's a masseuse. So he also crossed a boundary.
2: But everybody let it happen. I mean, it happened not on the apps. You didn't have to put in all that work. That's what you mean by
1: naturally, in person.
2: And it happened in person spontaneously. And that's a gift because you didn't have to do all that trawling on the apps. And-, and
1: please write to us and let us know how much you tipped him after the massage. I'm very curious.
2: Yeah. And please let us know what happens.
1: Yes. We must have the next chapter to this.
2: And think of it for the story as well. It sounds like you've got some great friends. You've got friends yes. in us. You can write back. Go on the date for the story. But and- I don't
1: think he's 20. I'm looking at this picture. Why don't you ask him he is? Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure it matters. In any event, listen to me, dear. You have to go in a minute, and I have to read this cliffhanger, but I want to know uh, who it's come to. We've come to the time in our episode where we have to award something to somebody. Yeah. And it is either going to dysfunctional in Nova Scotia or, uh, you know, amorous conduct
2: in China. I mean, it's, it's clear to me I, I'm going for... Amorous conduct. What are we going
1: send? Amorous conduct all the way in China. That's tricky. Um, it's tricky. I mean, you sort of want to send her a pair of
2: you know. I know. Provocateur thinking, or like underpants, a sexy, something. Yeah. A sexy little perfume. I um, love the way.
1: I love that we're try, we're convincing this woman that she needs to have this gigolo in her life but you know what she had a genuine moment she had a tough a long tough road to get to yeah. this place she enjoys she del- she deserves to have a little joy and a little sensuality in her life
2: i couldn't agree more i think it's brilliant i'm not um, sure
1: what we can get readily available in I china know. that suits our our you know in our stable I'm thinking about a Sia Trudon candle because I think it would set a sexy mood, but we're going to have to find out. Tony's going to do a little digging and find out if they're available in, in China or not.
2: I would also say I'm a big fan of the Sia Trudon travel size perfumes because you get a lot for a travel. It's not really a travel size. It's a small spray. Is it a
1: perfume or a room spray?
2: Perfume yeah and very strong and what's your scent I don't wear perfume very good I you don't wear perfume
1: absolutely not
2: what do you wear oils and I don't wear a scent I just smell terrific um my my go-to scent is diptyque rose but I've been playing around with some yeah. of these Trudon. um well, my candle is like the Abdel Kata. That's my candle, which is yeah, the they, Fresh Mint. They don't have that, but they, they're they nice. It's, it's a nice one. But yeah, maybe something direct to China. Yeah. Okay,
1: we're going to look into it. And if anybody hears this from our listenership, and I mean, I'll look into it. I don't need any help. But if somebody happens to know, uh, you know, what if this place in China? Let me know. But I'm going to, I'll sniff it out myself. Yeah. Now, I'm going to read this cliffhanger, but Scarlett, would you like to go, dear? And then I'll read it my, on my own. I should own. probably go. I'm so sorry. Darling, go. Be with your people. I can't thank you enough for being here with me today.
0: It has been I adore heaven. you.
1: I'm so looking forward to our English summer together. Me because too. I don't know be. if people know, but as soon as I leave Prague, I'm going
2: straight to England. Yeah, and I'm, I'm stealing her.
1: Uh, and I'm just gonna, you know, I just, I've spent so much time in England, but I don't ever spend enough time there during the summer. And that's really what I need. English summer is nothing like it, uh, nothing Nothing like like it, it. nothing like it. It's absolute heaven. And I'm very much looking forward to seeing Scarlet's UK.
2: Yeah. And coming to my commune.
1: All right, dear. Listen to okay. me. Have a wonderful day today. I adore you. Thank you for taking the time to be with us. Thank you for having me. Always. And we're gonna. Mimi's gonna arrange with you, and we're gonna send you the April kit because it's gonna knock you socks off. So excited! Off. And then I'm
2: signing up. It's the only
1: reason kiss, kiss, dear.
2: Okay. Bye. <laughs> bye. Oh,
1: Scarlett! What an absolute delight. Now here, I'm gonna do my cliffhanger. Everyone, are we ready? Okay. Here's the cliffhanger. Dear Ronna O'Brien, an amazing guest. Well, love you so much. Five stars, CHIP, Insta follower, and devoted fan of you both since before you came together on this platform. Okay. Now to the business. I have, now to business, in fairness, they say. I have a cosmetic issue I've been self-conscious about for about two years now, and after seeking a few opinions, I thought I'd ask for the only opinion that matters. Ron and- Ronna, Brian, and guest, I have a bump slash lump the size of a pea on the left side of my inner lower lip. Okay. It showed up one day in 2020 and has been causing me low grade chronic self consciousness since. To add insult to injury, I'm single, gay, and 28. You see where this is going? In reality, very few people have actually said anything to me about it, but I know it's there and it's more visible at certain times. For example, I stop, it's more visible at certain times. For example, I stop smiling with teeth as often as I used to in an attempt to conceal it, which bums me out. That is a bummer. Occasionally, someone tactlessly asks me about it. A guy I was kissing once locked in on it with wide eyes, pointed directly at it and said, and what exactly is that? thinking it was a cult or or something wasn't great for the momentum of that kiss I'll tell you that much. I've been to the Derm and they told me it was probably harmless and may or may not continue to grow. That they gave me a plastic surgery referral. should I decide to get it removed? My options as I see it are one. Love my lump and accept that it's not a big deal and that I need to work on my self-image. Two, take the referral and have a plastic surgeon dig it out and sew me up and have a scar and risk the possibility that it may come back. Well, okay. Hold on a second here. Is that what a plastic surgeon does? In your opinion, is it better to have a lump or a scar? What would you do? Am I just being vain? Thank you for your input. If you ever did a St. Louis live show, I'd probably die. Maybe one day I'll be extroverted enough for the kiki. Much love. Kevin, you can use my name. P.S. Attach for a few pics, one of my face before and a couple after the lump, smiling with and without teeth. The lump moves side to side based on if the picture was taken front or back of camera. Fair enough. First of all, this guy's so handsome with and without a smile, it doesn't matter at all. But anyway, we're going to get into it. Now, I can't wait. We're going to get into this on Patreon, and I'm just going to tell people right now, if you're thinking about joining Patreon, but Brian has been your barrier to entry, this is your moment, because Drew Droege is joining me as my co-host, and he is going to answer. I got too jealous that Brian got to be with Drew, and I didn't get to be with Drew. So Drew is joining me as my co-host on Patreon, and he's going to answer this question with me. I absolutely can't wait. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you to Scarlett, fabulous Scarlett, gorgeous Scarlett, who uh, came in and co-hosted with me. Join us at patreon.com slash askrana. And of course, aisocial.club. Are we cooking up some of the greatest stuff that you can imagine? I'm going to post this April cocktail. And if that doesn't give people fear of missing out, I don't know what will. Okay. Kiss, kiss, dears.